All right, it's the WMAY morning news feed at 740. I'm Greg Bishop, and uh, we've been talking a lot about COVID-19 all 2020. And then now here we are into uh, 2021, and we're still talking about COVID-19, especially with uh, tonight there being a Springfield School Board meeting where they're going to make some uh, decisions on to whether or not uh, kids are going to be allowed back in school uh, for District 186. Now, we've talked about this on the WMAY morning news feed for weeks about how uh, it seems to be different uh, where you go throughout the state, whether or not they're doing in-person learning or they're doing uh, some kind of hybrid or uh, if it's full remote learning. Uh, And the vast majority of the state's 1.9 million students have been learning fully remote. Uh, But we have talked with some of those school districts who've been doing in-person or some kind of hybrid model, uh, and they haven't had serious problems. Well, that's no longer just anecdotal. There are a variety of different studies. My next guest delved in into and he comes to a conclusion that I think a lot of parents out there and a lot of their students are really uh, looking for. And uh, joining us now from the University of Illinois Springfield, Gary Reinbold, who is uh, a master at looking at data uh, and, and crunching those numbers. Uh, and Gary, we've talked with you before in the past about um, uh, the impacts of the lockdowns and whether or not that uh, uh, curbed the number of COVID-19 related deaths uh, and a couple of other uh, types of data sets that you've looked at. But most recently, you looked at uh, the the issue of COVID-19 in schools, and what did you find? Sure, yeah. Well, well the, I mean, the only good news about the pandemic dragging out longer and longer is the longer it goes, the more and more data we get. And, you know, the data on schools and COVID transmission has sort of been slowly building up over time. And it's been pretty consistent that um, schools are not where children are catching COVID for, in, for the most part. Of course, there are always going to be a few cases, no matter where you go. There's going to be a few cases, but it's not a major transmission site. And, you know, like I said, this evidence has sort of been building up, and all of the studies were fairly convincing, but maybe not as convincing as they needed to be to convince some school districts that this was going to be okay, or perhaps some teacher unions that this was going to be okay. Um, but, you know, sort of by November, I think the, the evidence had just become sort of too overwhelming to ignore. Um, the CDC actually had a, a, a discussion of it, and they, their director concluded that for K-12 students, schools were probably one of the safest places they can be because as they traced infections back that kids had, they just didn't find that they were catching them in schools. You know, they were catching them in small family and private gatherings for the most part, but not at school. And that's one thing that uh, we've gotten anecdotally from some area school districts that have been doing in-person learning uh, this entire time, at least for this fall, because uh, if people will just remember back last year, uh, sometime in the spring, the governor made the announcement that uh, schools would be remote, and uh, a lot of students were, were thrown into that remote world, but come fall session uh, or fall semester, that's when uh, the State Board of Election uh, Education rather gave local school boards the ability to to say no they're only going to do remote or they're going to do hybrid or they're going to do, do in person and the vast majority of students in the state uh have have gone to that full remote uh and even here in springfield um you got the school board looking at uh, uh possibly allowing students to come back january 12th uh but uh you're saying that uh your your data that that, that you've looked at uh, from a variety of different studies indicates that there's no risk uh, there's no significant risk of uh, 
of of uh, a super spreader st- type of event happening at, at schools for in-person learning. Break down some of that data that you looked at. Uh, and we're talking with Gary Reinbold, uh, and uh, you looked at a variety of different studies to come to this conclusion. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, like I said, there are, originally the studies were sort of what we consider population studies, where they would look at counties or states that, that did have children in school and compare them with counties or states that didn't have children in school. And then when you control for other things that seem to be different between them, you, you look at the data and say, well, we don't really see a big difference here. And as I said, those studies are always, you can always sort of argue, well, you didn't control for everything that you needed to but eventually, when you get enough of them, you should still sort of be persuaded that there doesn't seem to be anything here. But now more recently, we've got a, a nice CDC study where they looked at about 400 children in Mississippi, um, some that had a positive test, some that had a negative test. And then they compared what they had been doing the two weeks before the, those tests. And, well, the children that had the positive test during those two weeks were much more likely to have been to some sort of a small private gathering you know, with other people outside their household. But there was no difference in terms of whether they had gone to school or not gone to school for the kids with positive and negative tests. Um, so, you know, that really is, I think, the, the final sort of piece that everybody was waiting for here. We've got this really high-quality individual study, which is about as good as we're going to get. And, and you're right to say it's, it's a low-risk activity. It's certainly not a no-risk activity. But when you start thinking about benefits and costs, the benefits are just so high of having children in school. And if the risk seems to be quite low, it doesn't seem to be a very difficult decision anymore. We're talking with Gary Reinbold, a University of Illinois uh, professor. And uh, give us the website people can get this. Uh, th- this is just one of uh, multiple uh, data analysis that you've done. Uh, where can people find all of that? Sure, yeah. You can go to, um, it's at blogs.uis.edu slash, and then it's my name, Gary W. Reinbold. And I should say that um, the governor of California actually put out something similar to what I had done recently, where he is trying to persuade schools that they, they should start thinking about reopening in February. And he put out an analysis, or his office did, looking at the data and sort of reaching the same conclusion that there's a lot of research out there now, and it's all sort of pointing in the same direction, that um, schools don't seem to be a big problem here. And, of course, you know, this is in California, where they really can't afford any additional cases right now. Um, so it's a much more challenging argument to make there. Gary, um, you know, looking forward here, uh, what are some of the other areas that uh, that you're going to be kind of, you know, taking all the data sets and, and plugging them in together and, and trying to make some sense of it? Because, you know, you, you can look at a bunch of numbers and uh, they're just numbers, but uh, putting it into the proper context is important and that's something that uh, you've been able to do for us. What are some of the other things you're looking at moving forward when it comes to COVID-19 and uh, the impacts on society? For instance, are you going to be looking at, like, uh, the, the impacts of... Uh, not having in-person school, uh, and we've talked about this before in the past about you know the the, the number of uh, abuse cases that are going um, unnoticed, or uh, you know the substance abuse with with children, or uh, you know too much screen time with children. What are some of the other things that you're looking at uh, moving forward when it comes to analyzing this data? Well, there's certainly a lot of that. There have been some studies starting to look at mental health issues, especially for adults and children. Um, and, you know, starting to conclude that, well, you know, so, you know, there are health risks to doing things, but there are health risks to, to not doing things, too. Um, but for me, I think I'm more interested. Um, we, we have a lot of research now on these stay-at-home orders, and we have a lot of research on school closing. And so we sort of know where we come out on both of those. The stay-at-home orders seem to reduce the number of cases. They don't seem to reduce the number of deaths. 
school closings don't really seem to do anything even for cases. Um, but we don't know much about a lot of the other things that we've been doing, you know, business closures, restaurant closures, things like that. So I want to start looking a little bit more at that and seeing, uh, you know, if we can find a little more per- persuasive, consistent evidence of whether these things are working or aren't working. Yeah, I know that's one uh, big complaint that some of the business owners have had is uh, they're not persuaded. <laughs> they were the uh, uh, the problem, especially bars and restaurants, uh, when you look at uh, the difference between outbreak location and exposure location. Uh, and those are some uh, pretty uh, you know big different uh, types of uh, terms that are being used. Uh, but we always appreciate you coming on and uh, boiling this down for us and for people just now tuning in. We're talking with Gary Reinbold, a University of Illinois professor, uh, crunching numbers. And uh, your report comes out uh, just in time for the Springfield School Board uh, to consider bringing uh, students back uh, for some kind of in-person education. Uh, again, give us the bottom line here of what you've been able to uh, to gather and uh, conclude after reviewing uh, a variety of different studies. Well the, well, the bottom line is that having children in school, and I should say that when, when, I, when I say in school, that doesn't necessarily mean back to going to school all the time because most of the data is coming from places that are doing some sort of hybrid schooling. But having them in school at least part of the time doesn't seem to be leading to a lot of new cases. That's the bottom line. Gary, thank you so much for taking time with us. And again, um, we'll connect in the future uh, to unpack some of the other data you've been able to analyze. All right. Nice talking to you. Take care.